This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcasts. Talking to Ray Didinger on a game day in the Delaware Valley, the 3-6-1 Eagles host the Seattle Seahawks tonight. Right now, the Eagles are in third place in the NFC East after the Giants and Washington won this past week. So the Eagles, if they beat Seattle tonight, they jump back into first. If they don't beat Seattle, uh, they're in the trouble that we've been noticing over the past few weeks. Ray, let's not bury the lead. Let's start with the first thing. NFL Network reported over the weekend. ESPN had a report that was related to it as well that Jalen Hurts is expected to get reps, snaps on the field tonight without Carson Wentz. ESPN had that Hurts has been getting more first-team reps in practice this week. What do you think of the possibility that Hurts gets on the field more tonight with Wentz on the sideline? Well, I think a lot's going to depend on how the game plays out. Um, If Carson Wentz comes out and he's really good right from the beginning if he uh, if he starts it gets hot gets on a roll which is possible because the Seattle pass defense is that bad uh, if Wentz comes out and he's playing really good um, I don't think you're going to be real anxious to take him out I mean what you've been trying to do is to get him uh, in a situation where he's feeling comfortable where he's having some success and he's starting to rebuild his confidence um, so that's one possibility I think that I you know we don't get to see practices now because they close them uh, we, there's no locker room access, so we don't really get to talk to the guys other than the virtual stuff, so you can only learn so much. So nobody really knows what's been happening behind closed doors. There have been these reports. Uh, and it makes sense to me. I do think that there's a conversation going on within the building now about uh, taking Wentz out and giving Hertz a chance to play, uh, seeing what he can do. I think you know, that conversation has certainly taken place. So it makes some sense that this week that they gave hurts a little more work and they gave him some more reps with the first team so that if they have to make that move he's better prepared for it but i don't think there's any plan right now uh as far as exactly when he's going to be in the game and how much he's going to play in the game tonight i think the course of the game will dictate that if if seattle wins the game if seattle comes out and they play well and russell wilson gives them a lead and they're into the second half and you know they're 10 points up or something like that I could see them making a change at that point. But I think initially they're going to start with Carson Wentz and they're going to see how he goes. And then how much or how little we see of Jalen Hurts will probably be dictated by that. Let's just say it's a situation, because you're right, we really don't know how it's going to go. Uh, It could go a million different ways. But let's just say it's a situation where one quarterback comes in, then another quarterback comes in, and and, you know it switches at least once. Do you think it's a good idea that they're even trying this in the manner that they are reportedly going to try it? 
Well, we could go back and and, and have the whole discussion that what we had after the draft about how smart they were to even draft Jalen Hurts in the first place. Because uh, a lot of the stuff that has kind of unfolded since then, you trace it all back to that. Uh, and how much impact that had on Carson Wentz in the season he's had to this point. I mean, it, it, it really is it, it really is a case of dominoes falling, and they started falling then. But, um, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Doug, is in, Doug, Doug Peterson is, is in a tough place right now. I mean, they really want to get Carson Wentz straightened out. I mean, he is the guy they've invested in. He is their franchise guy. Um, they've had success with him in the past. I think they would like to get him back to being the player that he was. But the fact of the matter is you're now very deep in the season, and he frankly doesn't show any real signs of turning it around. So now you have to begin preparing for the transition to Jalen Hurts, even if it's just for a game, even if it's, even if it's just for a half, even if it's just for a game. Um, you know, Brian Baldinger, who's an NFL Network analyst, uh, made the point last week that he thinks that uh, it would actually help Carson Wentz to uh, and he and he his advice was to not even play him tonight was to start Jalen Hurts and just give just give Wentz the week off just give him some time to sit back catch his breath maybe watch the game from the sidelines uh, and maybe come back in a week or so and just be more refocused I don't know I mean I, I think I, I base a lot on the opponent and to me the Seattle Seahawks are a team that have so many problems on defense, especially in their defensive secondary. I mean, my goodness, you look at the success that other quarterbacks have had throwing the ball against Seattle. That to me, this is a team. If you want to get Carson Wentz straightened out, this is the perfect opponent. Yeah. So I would absolutely, I would absolutely start him in this game tonight. But uh, at that point, it's up to him. I mean, give him the ball and let's see what he can do with it. Ultimately, ultimately, he's the one that has to work his way through this. Obviously, I'm just speculating here. But I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in the case of worst case scenario for Wentz, what happens, Ray, if he's playing? Regardless of how he's playing, he could be playing okay, he could be playing bad. Regardless of how he's playing, or regardless of what the score is like, the Eagles they they go to the plan that's being reported and they put Hertz in for however long they plan to put him 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 in for a couple of plays, series, whatever, and Hertz does well and he's doing positive things for the Eagles, and he's clearly playing better than Wentz. What do you think of what could possibly happen at that point? Oh, at that point, now you've, now you've stepped into a, a whole different world, uh, and now the conversation takes on a, a whole different tone. Um, I mean, I, I think all of those scenarios, I mean, they're possible, but I would say they're unlikely mm-hmm. because – um, I mean, there are two aspects to where the Eagles are right now. One of them is the Carson Wentz aspect and, and where he is as a player. And I think through 10 games, we have pretty good evidence of what that is. But the other part of it is how ready is Jalen Hurts to play? You know, I mean, how ready is he to play, really? Uh, I mean, if you look at him coming out of college, even though he had tremendous success, both at Oklahoma and Alabama, he, was, he wasn't playing in pro offenses. I mean, he was a guy that his game was going to have to take some, a little bit of time and a little bit of patience to make the transition to playing in the NFL. I really believe that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I was, I was very skeptical about the decision to draft him and to say, use a second-round draft pick on him because I just don't think that he's ready to play in the NFL right now. And with the kind of offseason it's been, you didn't have any spring camps, you didn't have any OTAs, uh, you had training camp, you didn't have preseason games. And then once you get into the season, all the meaningful reps, the first-team reps, go to the starter. So I... I 
I just can't imagine that Jalen Hurts is really that ready to play right now. Hmm. So that's the, you have to weigh those two things. I mean, you don't you have you want to be fair to him too. I mean, you want to give him a chance to play, but you want to give him a chance to succeed when he plays. So that's one of the things, and I think it's one of the reasons why you've seen uh, the answers from Doug Peterson be kind of the answers that they are. Because look, they know they have issues with their current starting quarterback, but I think in his mind, he's not really sure how ready Jalen Hurts is. If you're going to put him on the field and really put him on the field, and not just for one play here, one play there, but actually give him the ball and let him play. Before you do that, you better be sure that he's ready to play. And given all the circumstances of this crazy, painful season that it's been, I'm not so sure he's there either. You led, you led me right to my next thing. Um, let's, let's rewind a little bit to last Wednesday, Doug Peterson's press conference last Wednesday, after you know basically w- without... A slight hesitation, but making it pretty clear that Carson is the starter after losing to Cleveland. Now we're at Wednesday, and and, and I remember the whole Brett Favre thing. The word that you used for that, for Doug's handling of the Brett Favre thing, was clumsy. So last Wednesday, uh, he's asked about Carson, Will Car, and he hesitates. And it takes a couple of questions for him to say, Carson's the starter, end of story. You want to make a big deal out of it, make a big deal out of it. Then, of course, the report came out yesterday about Hertz. So then it, 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 there's, there's a million ways to look at this. But what was your reaction to Doug's hesitation last Wednesday at his press conference about whether or not Carson was starting? Uh, it was um, – if the first if the first – case was clumsy this was painfully clumsy <laughs> this was this was this was the next step of clumsy you know one the the, the Brett Favre one was just you tripped on the sidewalk you stumbled okay this one was you face planet I mean you tripped on the sidewalk and went face down is kind of the way I viewed this one uh I I don't know how I don't know how he could have walked into it so badly I mean it seemed first of all it seemed like he was almost surprised by the question which I can't imagine I mean he has to he had to know that every time he meets the press right now, given the, given the state of the team and given the way Carson Wentz is playing, he has to know that the first question, if not the first question, then a very early question, is going to deal with his quarterback situation. He has to know that walking in. To appear the way he appeared in that game, which was so uh, so uncertain, and, well, yeah, uh, today, as for Wednesday, yeah, he's my starter today, it's Wednesday. I mean, that was... Um, I mean, I, I don't think some people. I mean, it was just so. It, it was just so awful and so unexpected uh, and so jaw-dropping that I think a, a lot of people thought that Doug was being trying to be clever here and and trying to be coy and uh, you know trying to uh, throw out some mystery here for the Seattle. So I don't think it was any of that. I mean, I just think he, that's kind of. I think it kind of reflected his current state of mind. I mean, I know he's tired of answering the question. There's no doubt he's. There's no doubt about the fact that he walks into those press conferences, and the last thing he wants to do is relitigate the case of the quarterback. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen inevitably for the rest of this season. Uh, but for him to, for him to handle it the way he did, I mean, he just took. I mean, he took what was kind of, as I described it, a, a low flame quarterback discussion, and turned it into a six alarm fire. And that's what, and that's what they have been for the rest of this week, and it's probably exactly what it's going to be in the course of the game tonight. 
Yeah, no, it, it was definitely very confusing. Um, but I, I, I guess when we saw what happened yesterday, while it was confusing, I can see how the dots may be connected a little bit. Um, over the weekend, Ray, Jeff McClain of the Inquirer had a piece about Jeffrey Lurie's frustration. He mentioned how Lurie was not at the game against Cleveland. Uh, an Eagle spokesperson told the Inquirer it was because he was being cautious before visiting his mother for Thanksgiving. Um, but this, re- this report from the Inquirer also noted how Lurie has left practices in uh, kind of fr- very frustrated with what he is seeing. What are your thoughts on Jeffrey Lurie's reported frustration with the way that this season has going? Totally understandable. I mean, I, 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 he's, I mean, if the fans are frustrated, uh, uh, then obviously he's going to be frustrated because he's he's the owner of the team and he's the guy uh, ultimately who's going to have to make a lot of the decisions about where this thing's going to go. So all the frustration that the people out there are feeling, and I know they're feeling it because we hear it all the time, um, is, I mean, it's shared by Jeff Lurie. Uh, and he's not, you know, he's not some ivory tower owner. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not, uh, to, to use the Norman Bremen phrase, he's not the guy in France. I mean, he's, he's here, uh, and he's living it, and he's at the building every day, and he goes out and watches practice every day. Uh, and for him to reach uh, a level of frustration, yeah, I perfectly, I perfectly understand it because he really cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, you know, and he wants to get, nobody wants to get this thing straightened out any more than he does. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, what his level of frustration is, you know, I, it's understandable. It's there. Um, now the next question is, okay, if that's how he feels, how close is he, uh, to deciding, look, I gotta, I gotta start tearing this thing down and building it back up again. I'm going to have to start letting people go and bringing in other people to do the job. That's the next question. You know, has he reached that point yet? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's in, into that evaluation process now. I mean, he, he understands, he sees his team, he understands where it is and he realizes how far off the rails it is. I mean, this is not just a minor fix. I don't believe this isn't just, Oh, they'll work their way through this. No, you look at this roster, they have real problems. Uh, they have age problems, they have talent problems, and, and looking ahead to next year, they have salary cap problems. So this isn't just, well, they'll, they'll be fine. They need to play their way through it. No, the changes have to be made. Mm-hmm. So that's where Jeff is right now. I mean, the guy who's ultimately going to decide what those changes are and how deep they go, it's him. So he's, you know, we talk about the, you know, the pressure that's on the quarterback. We talk about the pressure that's on the head coach. But there's just as much pressure on the on the owner right now, and the fact that he's feeling it is no surprise to me. So one last thing before getting into tonight's matchup. What do you think is better for the Eagles then? For them to somehow make the playoffs as the winner of this historically bad NFC East, get a playoff game, and then probably lose in the first round. It's, is it better for them to do that, or is it better for them to miss the playoffs, get a really high draft pick, and have significant organizational changes? Well, I think that the significant organizational changes are going to have to happen regardless. I mean, if they if they do somehow right the ship, even a little bit, and manage to win this division, which, given the state of the division, is still possible, I suppose. Um, I, I will given the given the choice. I, I will always say you're better going to the playoffs than not. You know, you get in the playoffs, and who knows? I mean, I, I know looking at the current state of the team, it's unlikely that they could get in there and actually win a game, but you never know. So if, if your question is, would you rather be in or out, uh, I'll rather be in. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I don't think it's at the expense of saying, I, I don't expect, let's put it this way, even if that happens, and I think the possibility is remote, but even if that happens, 
uh, I don't think the situation. I don't think Jeff Lurie right now is going to look at the situation and say, "Hey, you know what? Hey, we made the playoffs four years in a row. That's pretty good. You know, we're doing okay. Let's just let's just keep rolling on with what we got right now." No, I I think he is not that naive. Uh, that he's going to look at this and say, I think we're fine if they get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think he's at the point now where he knows that changes have to be made, playoffs or no playoffs. What's the key matchup tonight, Eagles-Seahawks? Well, I guess the, the key one, you, you know, right where our conversation started, it's it's the quarterback play and what your plans are at quarterback. Because you're facing an opponent, the Seattle Seahawks, look, they're, I mean, they're 7-3. and three. And they're probably going ahead. They're probably headed for the postseason. I mean, they're seems like they're always there, and it seems like they've always been there as long as they've had Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, they're a good team, and uh, and they've got it figured out. They know what they want to be, at least on that side of the ball. But they have major problems on the defensive side. Major problems. I mean, they're the lowest rated pass defense in all of football. I mean, if you look at the uh, if you look at the numbers uh, of their defense, especially against the pass. Uh, I mean, they're not just bad. I mean, they're colossally bad. Uh, look at some of the games that some quarterbacks have had against them this year. Two quarterbacks have thrown for over 400 yards. you got five quarterbacks that have thrown for over 300 yards. Uh, I mean, even mediocre quarterbacks are having big days uh, against the Seattle defense. I mean, this, this is by no means, this bears no resemblance to the Legion of Boom secondary that won a Super Bowl for Seattle not that many years ago. Uh, I mean, those guys are gone, and the guys that got back there now are really, really having their problems. So that's the big one. I mean, Carson Wentz, as much as he's struggling, is right now going up against a defense that's bad enough that he could have some success tonight. And uh, if the idea is to try and get Carson Wentz back on track, uh, the first thing you have to do is you've got to start rebuilding his confidence and get him feeling good about himself again. And tonight he's facing a, a secondary that's very capable of being that. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for how Carson Wentz comes out and plays uh, and can he actually generate some offense and have some success and move the ball up and down the field and get this offense back on track? Because they're playing against a defense that might just allow them to do that. Well, in terms of predictions, Ray, uh, you know, despite the fact that they're playing a Seattle defense that gives up a lot of points and has struggled mightily against the pass this year, I find it really, really hard to foresee the Eagles scoring a lot of points with the way that they've been playing, even though this is the game where you think, oh, Carson, if he's going to turn it around, it's going to be against these guys, or it's not going to be at all. I just really, regardless of who's a quarterback, considering everything that's going on with the Eagles, from the 10th iteration to the offensive line, to the inexperience they have at the playmaking positions, the, the, the skill positions, I just find it hard to believe they're going to score a lot of points. In fact, the amount of points I have them scoring may even be generous. So I, I think that the thing, you know, last week I said that they were going to lose, but they were going to at least give some fight. They did give some fight. I think the fight's still going to be there. I just think that now you're going to start to see the decline in terms of the talent of this team really start to show over the next four or five weeks, however many left in this regular season. So I think Seattle leaves Lincoln Financial Field tonight with a 30-20 to 20 win, and the things and everything with the Eagles is really going to start to take a downturn towards uh, you know the end of the season, January 3rd. What's your prediction and final score? Uh, we're actually pretty close. Uh, I'm, I said I said Seattle twenty-eight, Eagles twenty, uh, and I think that's kind of the way it's going to work out. Um, you know, Seattle has 
Um, I mean, they started this year red hot. I mean, through five weeks, they were really good. I mean, their def- the defense was what the defense is. I mean, they're just not very good on that side of the ball. But their offense was really cooking early this season. Russell Wilson was off to an MVP kind of start. Uh, but they've, they've hit some they've hit a rough patch here over these last few weeks. And, you know, you look right now, I mean, Russell Wilson's thrown 10 interceptions. And we talk about the sacks that Carson Wentz has taken. I mean, he leads the league in sacks, but Russell Wilson is second. I mean, he's, he's gotten 33 sacks. Not all him. I mean, his offensive line's not that good. And they've had their running backs have been hurt, so they haven't had much of a running game. So they've been throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, which has led to some problems. But, I mean, top to bottom, they're just a better team than the Eagles right now. And they certainly have a lot more to play for because it's 7-3. and three, they're gearing up for a run at the playoffs. And, you know, any even a casual Eagle fan knows that the Seattle Seahawks have really owned the Eagles in, in this Russell Wilson era. I mean, they've beaten them six in a row. Uh, I don't see that changing tonight. I'm going to say Seattle 28, Eagles 20. Ray has Seattle 28, Eagles 20. All right, Ray, I really appreciate the time. We will break it down tomorrow morning. Okay, I look forward to talking to you, David. You too, Ray. Take care. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.